so hi one of the good noise podcast i'm shane i'm glory and we're here with i'm ben and i'm playing bleak cell and we're gonna ask them some questions today about their upcoming album shouting with nothing to say so congrats on that by the way how do you feel about the response to it so Thank far you. uh so far really good uh put yeah two songs out uh so far which is uh i don't know it felt like last year i didn't put out as much as i wanted to um uh just because of the way that life is um, yeah. <laughs> and so now it's uh now it's finally good to like really be getting these songs out because it's quite a long album as well mm-hmm. it's like 15 songs and i've been uh like sitting on them for a while because uh historically with bleak soul i'd just finish it and just put it out um but i you know talked to a couple of labels and now i'm working with a small independent label so we decided to like wait a minute um and actually do things a bit more properly rather than me just throwing things on the internet this time. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been sitting on this for? Uh, ooh, this record, so I wrote this and recorded this record pretty much in the space of maybe like a month. It all came together pretty quickly. Wow. It, it took a little while to like mix and I change things all the time, but because I, and because I was like sitting on it for so long, um, I ended up changing a few things, but the actual songs and everything, um i just kind of wrote it was about i guess it was march last year so um almost a year by the time the album comes out okay wow does it usually take that little bit of time to write and never (laughs) (laughs) no um no i normally am a bit of a a tweaker and it takes me like a really long time to Mm. to kind of finish anything or even get like an initial idea out um but this one, I kind of set myself a weird challenge. I had like, I had started doing uh, therapy for the p- first time, woo, self-care. Um, and uh, and after each session, I decided to like try and write a song to like process what it oh. was that I discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that turned into the week following a session, writing like three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of... Uh, because of the rawness of the material a lot of it i was like i just want to keep it like this like some of the songs are literally kind of one take acoustic songs and i tried building them into bigger songs and i just didn't i didn't love it as much as like the raw, the raw emotion that was captured originally mm-hmm. um so yeah that is kind of the first time anything has really fell together that quickly for me um so it was surprising when i then didn't immediately put it on the internet yeah <laughs> awesome Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album name or cover art uh so that album name is i guess my kind of cynical perception of culture now uh, or like what the internet has helped humanity to become of feeling like um feeling like people the internet gives people with some people that don't really have anything to say a platform to say it's anything mm-hmm. they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the flip side of that, also my self-awareness of me just being another guy, you know, in a band, what do I have to add to any conversation as well? So there's kind of a play on that as well, that I am self-aware um, about that. Um, the album artwork was an original, it was a drawing that I did um, when I was really angry and it was just like scribbling and I scanned it in and I messed around in Photoshop. Um, but it just really, uh, I 
hadn't drawn for like 10 years. Um, and I decided in lockdown, it was another hobby that I was going to take up for like five minutes. It didn't last very long. <laughs> but in that time, yeah, I did a couple of, a uh, couple of drawings and I decided, um, to use it because I see the record as a bit of a like self portrait in that sense. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the artwork fit that as well. Very cool. Sure. All right. Uh, so can you tell us a little about your writing process for this album? I mean, it, most of it was just me and an acoustic guitar or me. And actually for this album, for the first time, I had a, a, a full size piano in my flat. And I do Ooh. like to really like, I really like to write on piano. Um, before I've only ever had having like a little, just mini guy around <laughs> yeah. to try and, try and write on, which uh, isn't the same as having like, you know, the feel of piano. So yeah. um, that was really, really nice. Thank you to my sister for, for that. Um, Hell yeah. So um, it was, I don't know, it, for me, I just wanted things to kind of flow naturally. As I said, it was all kind of post-therapy sessions, but um, I wanted things to feel as minimal. The main difference in my writing process this time, I didn't set myself any rules or anything other than one, which was no like melodyne or no vocal pitch correction, however subtle, uh, like nothing at all. Yeah. Um, I. Um, I know I'm not like a pitch perfect singer in any capacity and that's fine. None of my favorite singers are that I like. Um, but I kind of, I've listened to, I listened back with hindsight to, um, maybe some songs, um, that I've done in the past and that kind of, I don't know. I liked the rawness of my vocals for the mm -hmm. first time in a while. And it's taken me maybe like 15 years to actually uh, like it in that capacity. So, um, yeah, that was a, that was a really fun challenge because mm -hmm. I had to make sure I was singing everything perfect, but that was a, that was a, um, it was a really fun challenge, uh, to not just be like, Oh, I'll fix it later. Yeah. Um, so, so did, I'll go for it. Did that result in more vocal takes than normal? Yeah. Mm, probably less if anything, uh, really? Or, but yeah, by the end of it, because at the, be at the beginning I was, I was doing a lot um, and then I'd kind of just like sit through them. And then it's one of those things where I'll sit through 10, 20 vocal takes. And by the time you've listened to them all, I really can't tell them apart anymore. You know, the nuances are so, are so small between them that, um, so um, I tried to keep everything almost as like, I think even a couple of them are literally the first takes. Even if I did more, I mm -hmm. think I ended up coming back to the first take of them just because uh, that's not always the case. Sometimes I like to learn how to sing it better. And that's definitely the case um, with some of them. But yeah, in general, I just tried to keep it as what felt the most natural, like mm -hmm. originally when I wrote it. Um, other, than, other than Monday in USA, other than that, because I actually, I had submitted that song. Um, I had submitted that song like to Spotify and everything. And then we played it live and then I wanted to change it. Um, so I had to take it down. So the vinyl version is actually different to the single version. It's the old version because um, I decided to change it um, quite late on in the process. Because, okay. yeah. yeah, well, because this project wasn't really, I never really anticipated that I was going to play live or that I would play live acoustic and 
I didn't necessarily, especially when the pandemic hit, see myself mm -hmm. having a band again. But um, now that it is a band, um, yeah, now I really want to just like take more consideration for that. And then when we got into a room together and everyone's working out kind of their parts and I'm like, oh, this sounded cool on the record, but it actually doesn't, this part doesn't work live when there's only mm -hmm. four of us, you know? Um, and so it was really cool to actually kind of do that and then change it. Um, but I think moving forward before I commit anything to, um, you know, recording it now, I probably will get in a room with the band and play it first now. Yeah. That's my lesson <laughs> that I've learned. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> hey. Uh, so I want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this record and the meaning behind it. Ooh, uh, that's a good question. Um, uh, I do feel like my favorite lyric um, is actually on Mundane on this one, which is I'm at a table of 10, but I'm still feeling alone, but I'm here living the dream. Um, so I guess I shouldn't moan. Um, I feel like I was very proud of how I worded that because it's been something that I'm all, I'm all, I've always been sensitive to like talk about um, just because of, um, I don't know, feeling ungrateful or being perceived as ungrateful just because mm. I don't like to, my mental health wasn't necessarily in a good place a lot of the time when I was in As It Is. No one's is in a touring band. Um, and, you know, everyone has their own issues, but when you're doing something that you love but also hundreds of thousands of other people would like kill to be in your position for mm -hmm. when you're like miserable and unhappy doing it you feel ungrateful and you feel guilty um mm -hmm. and like you really shouldn't be in a place of complaining about anything mm -hmm. um so that's really what that that line is about you know you're i'm surrounded by surrounded by people and just drinking but uh you know can't complain can't complain which is Enough. generally um how it is now i guess when you when you talk to anyone isn't it how yeah you, well as good as as good as it can be under the circumstances so. you know same old shit different day kind of thing yeah 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 um so what song on the album took longest to write and which one is your personal favorite um the one that took longest to write is broken neon light because i've had that the longest i had that I've had that song since before my previous release wow. and it almost made it onto that. Um, but no, that's, that, that's the song about um, my divorce, which I've, I've actually never really publicly stated is a thing. Um, but um, so yeah, that, that took a really long time to get right. Um, mm -hmm. And it was really hard just to record in general. So um, that one, that one had a lot of vocal takes actually because okay. um, yeah. Uh, yeah it needed a certain level and I you know I had to be I had to be in the right mood for that one so mm -hmm. I kept coming back to it different days um, yeah. and um, my personal favorite mm -hmm. oh uh, can I can I cheat can I can I cheat by saying there's three because there's three there's <laughs> three there's, well there's three songs called Denver there's Denver 2015 Denver 2018 and Denver 2019 and they're kind of like a trilogy of songs uh, within the album um, and collectively those three make up my favorite part of the album. Sure, 
Sure, we'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. You we'll sold it. it. Slide. Yeah. <laughs> so how did the track list for this album come about? Did you write the opening to be an opener, closer to be a closer? Did you kind of shuffle around, listen through a couple of times? What was that like? Uh, I very much intentionally wrote, definitely wrote the opener to be an opener mm-hmm. again because I wrote again without sounding pretentious about anything um I also wanted it to flow like a soundtrack to a movie as opposed to um as opposed to just an album so there are um so the opener and there's a song towards the end and there's a song in the maybe two songs in the middle but there's um like recurring motifs you know when like characters have um like musical motifs that like follow them through a Mm -hmm. film there are like recurring musical motifs and also lyrical motifs that carry on throughout the album so yeah the out the opener definitely was written uh to be like that um and I kind of had all these interludes um and then it was just kind of piecing where the other ones sat but generally it ended up being um chronological in what they were about and at what point in my life and that's kind of how the track listing came about Okay. So would you say, because you said it's kind of like a soundtrack to a movie, would this kind of be like Mm. a soundtrack to your life, sort of? Yeah, probably. Uh, Yeah, uh, it stretches back quite far. I mean, the the opening, well, not the opening track, but the first track that has singing Mm -hmm. um, uh, has, is just storytelling from when I was on tour in 2015. So that's kind of where we, we start and then kind of ends now. And then a lot, as, as, as I said, you know, a lot of it was doing it after therapy and a lot of the songs are kind of looking back on those times with that 2020 vision of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's definitely more of a, more of a soundtrack to, I'd love to be able to like actually make a film. I wish I had the budget to, to have made like, you know, music videos to every song that were a collective film. I, 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 I do genuinely think maybe even more than any musical artist, like films probably influence this or like sound and soundtracks influence this more than any like specific artist. Mm-hmm. Should pitch this to some movie studios. <laughs> see if anyone's interested. Exactly. Yeah, I'll pitch it around. <laughs> Sony, pick it up. Um, <laughs> so where was your headspace at while you were writing this album? Um, it was... I was, I'd gone through like a lot of change. Um, as I mentioned, divorce, I just left as it is. So it was, it was a completely new chapter in my life. And I think I'd, I felt like, um, I felt like I needed to change as drastically as possible that a lot of that in hindsight, again, was just kind of going too far the other side to then realize where you need to sit in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was still kind of working that stuff out. Um, and definitely writing this album definitely helped with that. Um, but I think also I had, I had to like with my neighbors and stuff, I also had to be, I couldn't, I couldn't really be like screaming or anything. And that kind of meant that the record is a bit, is a bit quieter. Mm-hmm. Um, just like my living situation <laughs> meant that I was like, I, I can't, I can now I, I've got, Good. I've got, uh, I can now I move, but, um, yeah but then I couldn't really be like this loud thing so a lot of the songs are quieter and softer just because of uh living situation so um yeah but I you know I was in a pandemic 
work like I was fortunate enough to be working a, a job and, and stuff I know that's not the case for everyone so I was fortunate enough to be to be able to do that still and um so and until literally two months ago I managed to avoid getting COVID so um and then and then the first time I got it in the whole time was on tour um so oh. yeah yeah we well i say it wasn't just me it was like eight out of ten of the touring party yeah <laughs> wow yeah. it spreads man uh, yeah. yeah um so that was unfortunate out of all the all the times um mm -hmm. but no i it the record may sound like i was in like a really really fucking bleak place um and it was, but I do think I, what I will say is this record probably has the only optimistic song I've ever written on it. Oh, so wow. there you go. That's good. Which is the end track. So, um, so there's a bit of positivity. I thought it came from something my dad said to me, actually. He was like, are you ever, are you ever going to write like a happy, positive song? Like this is all <laughs> so miserable and stuff. He's like, mm -hmm. you can't have like, I know that life's like, dark and stuff but there's some light and I was like yeah okay I see your point I see your point and it inspired me to find like that one glimmer I mean like literally two minutes on a 15 song album but I'll, I'll give him that so <laughs> so since this album like ends on a happier note is the next record going to be happier or is it still <gasps> going to be just as somber as everything else uh, or have you not even started writing yet? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm quite far into the next one. Okay. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> um, well, you know, we're all stuck at home, aren't we? So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not. I haven't really had too much else to to be focusing on. That's the thing. I should. What I should be doing is like doing TikToks to promote this album, um, but I I don't. So I just uh, end up writing the next one. I guarantee you by the time the next one comes out, I'll probably finish the next one. I think I have six or seven songs that I definitely want to put out. So, wow. um, but it is, it's very different. I'm I always say, I don't, I don't really like doing the same thing twice. So my, my first record was probably me figuring kind of throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks. I just, mm -hmm. I, I like such a diverse range and of music and that record was just, trying a bit of everything this record i feel is a bit more coherent and it's a bit more thematic and uh sonically satisfying as a whole piece um and the next one um considering this one's really quiet the next one's probably gonna be a bit louder and i say yes. probably it's definitely gonna be a bit louder okay. yeah. Um, yeah it's 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 a definitely riffier and stuff so i think that's the thing if people don't like like the new kind of acoustic-y ambient -y, um record then uh yeah the, the next one they might don't 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 give up on on bleak soul because every <laughs> record's going to be going to be so far removed from each other okay yeah. all, right. all right so you're basically going to be like genre hopping with this with this project yeah yeah um all the I don't. I don't know. Are you guys? Um, are you guys familiar with a band called Fight Star? I never don't know. What, they never really made it that much in in the in the U.S. They were kind of like a U.K. post-hardcore band. But I, hmm. I was describing it to someone the other day. I was like, it's kind of like if Morrissey was fronting Fight Star. Um, is like the vibe of the new one. Morrissey fronting riffs, basically. Mm -hmm. um, okay. 
yeah but that's just because of the stupid way of saying so um <laughs> perfect all yeah. right uh, so so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this uh project for the first time should they play it in the car with friends and the dark with headphones on should they blast out the gym what do you personally recommend Oh, I don't think that would be a very motivational gym album. Uh, <laughs> you don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to veto the gym straight Aww. away. <laughs> Do not listen to it at the gym. Um, yeah, not going to get ripped that way. I can guarantee you. Um, personally, but this is just because it's me and and I've, I've written it as a, like, like I say, like a soundtrack um, mm-hmm. to this film that doesn't quite exist, but I've lived. Yeah. Um, Yet, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely advocate for start to finish, mm-hmm. probably headphones on, uh, dark room experience alone. Um, but also, I have done a lot of car testing for it. Is good for a, I'd say it's also good for a road trip, like a kind of like a, a quiet road trip, not like a party road trip. But when you just want to like go out for a drive and just you know be with yourself or something sometimes people just like to go out for a drive Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that kind of thing um yeah it's it's definitely going to be more of a personal experience album rather than whack it on the bangers playlist (laughs) (laughs) unless your bangers playlist is just all like ambient indie tunes or whatever (laughs) well we've got monday news usa that has that has that one's probably that's got a riff it's got a riff. So this question should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words, no more, no less. Um, uh, subtle, moody experience. I had to go in for the ASMR experience on the mic there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love uh, that. Yeah. (laughs) That is something I have like uh, for some reason I can't stop watching people eat on TikTok just like the sound of it. Yeah. Like I I I don't know what it is. I am I hate it and I can't stop watching at the same time. Fair enough. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. It's like that thing where I'm just like attracted to repulsive sounds sometimes, but like not in the real (laughs) world, but just Uh like. I find them super intriguing. Yeah. Um, it's making me sound really weird. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> so is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this record to invoke in your listeners? I guess, I guess for me, it's, it's about people. Maybe they listen to it and I've kind of tied together like a story where between different stories where you wouldn't necessarily think there is like a a linear um, overarching theme or um, plot or anything but I I guess I'd want people to just reflect and realize that however I don't know bored of their own life or unhappy they are with where they are that, that like everyone has like a story and everyone can has really unique experiences um and just um like i said with that last song i think um as much as there's a lot of like pain most 14 songs of the album is just pure pain Mm. um but at the end of it that actually there's like we can use that and there's things that 
we can go out and change and there is some form of hope in this really really depressing world so mm-hmm. um yeah maybe for the first time i'm gonna go with hope i okay. think for the first oh. time ever which uh, um there you go there's your first right. um <laughs> <laughs> uh so what band or artist influence you think you can hear the most on this album if any uh i, f- I feel like for this one I, re- I really went in i know I, I say his name all the time but elliot smith is like my oh. hero when it comes to songwriting and i think that definitely is a bit more obvious on this record um for the, f- for the first time but um like for the sound kind of the soundscapes and the the sound of the record um like brian eno um i listen to a lot of that and um weirdly i know it's going to sound um like you won't necessarily hear it but like nine inch nails as well not like the necessarily the loud side of nine inch nails more like the production side of nine inch nails and just the rawness of it um and the like weird three-part piano instrumental albums they did as well those ones um yeah um and then um and then Nick Cave as well. I just I love Nick Cave. So um, just that somber. I started to try and sing, and not try and sing purposely, but like I sang a lot lower than this. I'm used to, especially in the pop punk world, of singing a bit more up up mm-hmm. the register. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think my voice naturally sits a bit lower. So I try to try to uh, channel my inner Nick Cave with that a bit more. All right, perfect. Uh, so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this record? Uh, I mean, most of the record, really, if I think back to actually making making the record, it all kind of blurs into one because I'm just, I was in my bedroom, um, you know, where I sleep, eat. Well, no, I don't eat in there, but where I sleep, <laughs> hang out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's, yeah. you know, I have a small, small flat. So it's like, I'm in there the whole time making this record um and that kind of all the days blurred into one i couldn't like necessarily pinpoint it's like doing one take here or you know at the end of the day at work um or whenever it is but really if i think about what like shaped some of the record um i feel like just the excitement of getting to play those songs with the band for the first time Mm -hmm. um and maybe the actually maybe it was the excitement I got when I got M's vocals back from when she'd recorded the forever ago her forever ago parts um, and just listening to them for the first time and I was really excited because I'd always, I'd really wanted to make it a duet and hearing it that how I'd heard it in my head for the first time that was uh, that was really exciting because I just let her kind of take full reign. I didn't write her harmonies or whatever for her. So she just did what she wanted and it was fantastic. So um, yeah, that was that was a really cool moment, actually. I love that. Awesome. Uh, so picture this, you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Um, oh, what what gas station are we talking? Are we, are we talking like, uh, where, where are you guys based? We're on the East, East Coast. Coast. So, let's so you talk get like Wawa. Wawa. you got like Wawa. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Wawa. Okay, I'm a Wawa person. Okay. So good I, I, as you should be. Um, but Wawa and then like Bucky's in Texas. Those are my mm. those are my all time favorites. Um, 
I like I like a plain Pringle. Always, okay. I always like having mm-hmm. to get in a getting a can of Pringles. Um, in America, I really like Ruffles. Ruffles, like, yeah, mm. yeah. I don't know. There's something about them that I really like over there. Um, mm. And I don't know. I don't really eat a lot of sweet stuff when I'm out in America because um, chocolates. Not, I can't do your chocolate. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Um, so I end up just eating a lot of crisps and to be honest um, I imagine it's a bit better now but um, being vegan the gas station selection isn't always that fantastic so it ends up being crisps um, or nuts a lot of like trail mix kind of style things Mm -hmm. but if you're at Um, like a Wawa you can get the the veggie hoagie that's what I go with yes I have I have had that actually um, very good. i don't know did they do like a vegan one these days Have yeah, they? I, I just I'm, I'm vegan too so i typically just uh, go with like the veggie hoagie and i think i i, I think it's vegan i don't know it's just vegetables <laughs> like unless Does the bread has something in it? it like no there's no mayo on it well, you, you can customize it however you want so yeah see um, i find it mind-blowing when i go over there that like i can't even have a, a portion of fries from mcdonald's mm-hmm. like that that mm. blows my mind yeah um so it always ends up being um taco bell was always our like go-to oh. stop yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah the bean burrito <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have against Taco Bell? The last time I got Taco Bell, it was just like gloop, man. Like it was the grossest it shit. It was it's so good disgusting. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It was disgusting. I, when you I, are poor and on tour, uh, it enough. is perfect. There you go. <laughs> like exactly. I don't know. Like the cinnamon twist, those were pretty good, but the those fucking bean burritos were disgusting. Uh, but no, I I like that goop though with the Ugh. little bits of onions in. As exactly. Well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. When I I was vegetarian for almost like half my life, and so we would just like every time we would go out for fast food, it would just be bean burritos from Taco Bell. So it's just they're they're so good. Yep. I just oh, I don't get it. They used to do those um the little potato tacos, and you get it without the sauce, and mm-hmm. they'd be yeah. Oh my those god. as well, but they stopped doing those, I believe. Unfortunately, so that was yeah. very sad. Appropriate reaction. So. <laughs> <laughs> so on the topic of food, if the project was a dish, what dish would the project be? Oh, God. Um, I like that you're forcing my um, creative imagination here. Um, mm-hmm. This is normally something I'm quite good at. I like to think I'm quite good at like finding metaphors and things. Um, oh, oh, I feel like it would be this might not mean it's going to be like a British roast dinner. It's like understated. It's like a, it's got a lot of items, right? So there's a lot of components to it. Mm. Right. Um, But there's a gravy over a real gravy. That's Brown, not white. Um, There's a a gravy over the top that just brings everything together. And that is the most ridiculous analogy of a British roast dinner that I've ever done or has ever been done but it felt right okay yeah it sounded right i mean i get it yeah yeah i have i think i think there's a perception that our food is very beige and a roast dinner is a very beige food but if you do it right it's really not because it's because traditionally in britain everyone decides they just 
they just boil a roast dinner to death and that's not oh. how to do it so <laughs> boil. Yeah. No, no, no i know <laughs> boiled boiled sprouts and you gotta you gotta fry them with, like, yeah so. oh my god I'm sick just thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so where do you see the band in the next five years? Um, well, we've got, we've got an exciting year ahead. We've got a few festivals and doing tours in five years. I mean, at the rate I'm writing songs, I'll probably have like 10 albums out or something. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, right. I, I don't. I, um, I feel like I'll end, I'll, Yeah, I miss that. You know, the Beatles and people used to do that, didn't they? Two albums a year. Bosh them out. Um, but yeah, it's a three year cycle, although actually the pandemic's kind of changed that as well. So it's ever, ever changing. Um, but in five years, I, I don't know. I just I like to be doing this more, not necessarily as much as I used to with the touring still, mm -hmm. you know, I think I, uh, I learned my lesson there of where my capacity for touring is, but um i don't know i i all i want with this one is like for me this project isn't about like i'm not going to be like oh, i want to be headlining this stage or doing this tour or whatever it is like i'm very aware this is going to be a bit of a like cult band for some people and um mm -hmm. just the more personal connections that people can make to the music that's kind of all i care about and if there's enough to fill some decent sized venues then that's that's good enough for me that's makes me very happy like it's this it's a very personal project so i want people to find that in it um because you know i've played i've played big stages and stuff and that isn't that isn't seeking that at this point in my life isn't what's gonna make me happy so i just i just want to I just want to make music that I love and I want people, the people that do like it to like it and the people that don't to maybe think about just maybe staying off the internet, um, <laughs> you know, just to reevaluate things. If you don't yeah, like it, exactly. You know, who has to post things? Because if you do post something nasty, all I will do is laugh because I have a very, I love negative comments. it's like why so out much. of all of the projects I, you can make fun of you make fun of yours like well i don't care i i i just i find i find it so funny because you know you sit through reading comments on the internet all day i, I mean i try not to obviously but mm -hmm. um yeah when they're about you then they're, they're negative they just tend to be funny i've always found them funny um mainly because i've never been someone that like I would never think to post a negative opinion on something that I didn't like on the internet. That's just not how my mind works yet. Sometimes I am, I do, I can be sarcastic on Twitter about certain things, but that tends to be like politicians. I don't like, not like an artist that I personally mm. don't like, but could appreciate for their place in whatever world that I maybe am not a part of. Mm. So, um, yeah, maybe I should just invite it. Please leave loads <laughs> no! of ne loads of negative comments because it brings me joy. There we go. Oh my god. Oh. Right. Right. Uh, so for these last couple of questions, we're actually gonna shift away from music if that's okay with you. Yeah, of course. Sick. So we're actually gonna go straight to death row. Boom. So oh, if wow. you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Last meal with a drink. Uh, my drink would be a 
uh, an old fashioned, um, mm. whiskey old fashioned. Um, and my meal, ooh. Do you know what? Simple man, my, my meal would probably be my own. I'd have to make it. I'd want to make it as well. I don't know whether they let you do that, but um, my own vegan mac and cheese. Um, I feel like I crave that the most, but I have to be very good at how often I let myself have it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be that. And I serve it with tender stem broccoli mm-hmm. and little tofu, like bacon bits on the top that sounds sounds very good yeah yeah uh so if you could live in one fictional world for a week where would you live um that's an interesting question because i don't lot i don't watch a lot of like fantasy world stuff Mm -hmm. um uh I only just watched Lord of the Rings for the first time the other week. What? Uh, for the first time? I still haven't seen mm. it. It's okay. Oh my... What? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> I feel lied to. <laughs> oh my God, I never told right. you I watched it or anything. It's not like I lied I to you. I just assume everybody's watched it. <laughs> no. No. Oh. I've never watched Game of Thrones. Uh, oh, neither. Either way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that kind of fantasy thing. Um okay. Does um does saying can I live in Wes Anderson's fantasy world? Whatever world Wes Anderson lives in in his head, um, sure. In every Wes Anderson film, uh, <laughs> where it's just pink with all really straight shots and loads of pastel colours, and everyone's really quirky and weird, and Bill Murray's there. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect then. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> So I actually have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. Okay. What is your favorite color? Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'd have asked me 10 years ago, I'd have said purple for some reason. I do okay. I do still stand by it, but I, I went overkill with it. Uh, now, um, I'm going to rule out saying black because that is just the color of everything that i own the clothes everything like Mm -hmm. my clothes but that doesn't count i like uh there's like three blocks on my album cover um and one of them's like a i guess it's like a turquoisey blue Mm -hmm. and bluey green um and i guess i guess that that color um i always seem to end up coming back to that one for some reason I wouldn't wear it. I wouldn't wear it, but like um, for things on my wall or, you know, just a color to look at. It's very soothing to the eyes. Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, So as Glory said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, Yeah. March. Oh God, I can't remember the date. March 11th, (laughs) shouting with nothing to say. Uh, If anyone from the UK is watching, we're doing a UK tour after that. Um, So yeah you should come and see us we're pretty good um and i hope one day to be able to make it back to america but um yes hold on until then just listen through the means of streaming oh yeah Yeah. or you can fly over there one or the other (laughs) or that (laughs) oh well thank you for now this has been ben from bleak soul thank you and we have been the good noise podcast